Hello, and welcome everyone to the Hope Story Circle put on by the Peace Alliance. It's nice to see all of you here today. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance. And welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. And I'm joined today not only to facilitate, but also being our guests by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is on our board, and also Yelena Popovich, who is our teaching peace in schools and our mindfulness expert. And we are so delighted to see all of you here today. We have a really interesting topic to discuss, and I think it's very relevant for what's going on in the world today without um, giving everything away. But first, Yelena, I'm hoping you can lead us in a meditation to bring us all in. Yeah, welcome. Thank you, Terry. Welcome, everybody. Can you hear me well? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was thinking what kind of practice to offer um, right now. And I think one of the practices that I am practicing these days is a is a Tibetan practice, is a Toglen practice, and is a practice of taking in and offering out, um, giving and receiving. It's a practice of compassion, radical compassion. So I think we all at this moment might need that. So to this, this particular practice relies on breath, so if you notice that breath is not accessible to you at this moment, just allow that to, you know, just drop the breath and practice with feet on the floor um, or sounds that you hear. Um, yeah, so let's start by um, finding a posture that your body would appreciate the most at this moment. And allow for some softening, just for some moments of softening. Perhaps inviting the sensing of openness. Openness in the body. Openness in the heart. Just inviting some spaciousness. Softening and spaciousness 
the body and around you. Space that has room for all. And I want to start to explore this by breath, if that is supportive. So really breathing in, beating out. Breathing in and breathing out at a pace that feels supportive to you. feels nourishing this moment. As you're breathing in, perhaps scan and sense if there is a part of you, part of your mind, body, or heart spirit that needs some healing attention. Perhaps there is a hurt or fear or anger or sorrow that you can touch into. Just with a breath in, just touch that. And with a breath out, let that be out into a spaciousness and love and compassion. So really breathing in, touching that fear or sorrow or anger and breathing out the love. Compassion. And in the same way, that you can touch in to your own hurt or fear or sorrow. Widening your attention to imagine all the others in the world right now are in the pain or suffering. breathing in for all of us, breathing in all that vulnerability, suffering, really letting yourself be touched by the realness of that. With the art breath, your heart is like a flow through. that transform that 
suffering. Offering the boundless space of loving presence. Breathing in, breathing out peace. Breathing in. Breathing out peace. Feeling that direct vulnerability. And letting your heart down. this transformation for others and for yourself. Writing some of the soothing breaths, and if you wish, you want to really exhale. There is a radiant, tender heart space. you just offered this world. Thank you. Thank you for practicing. And in your own time, in any way, you might want to move. You might even want to shake um, as you come in to group. Thank you all. When you are ready, hello everyone. Thank you for that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I loved Yelna. The the phrase you said that that really helped me move into was when you said choose a posture that your body would appreciate, and I thought that was such a beautiful phrasing of it. So thank you. Um, we're, we're doing, a, those of you who have been with us before, we're doing this just slightly different. We're keeping the same format. But those of you who are on our last call, our guest Leslie was telling this beautiful story about trying to bring balance to the workplace, right? How do we find balance between the personal and, and the professional in this space we're in? And we had such a beautiful animated conversation in the big room when everyone was off in their small rooms that we almost didn't bring you all back. And so, and we, we felt that this was a topic that resonated with people. So we decided that this was the story we were going to tell. 
And I had an interesting moment right after we decided that I was watching uh, Stephen Colbert's uh, show. And I, he had a guest on it. I don't remember the actor's name, but it was promoting a show. And in the clip, it was, it's a show where literally you can get a procedure or a chip or something done where when you're at work, you don't even know or have any sem idea that you have a personal life. And when you're at home, you have no sense that there is this workplace so that you can just be where you are. And I thought that's so fascinating, right? Because that's exactly what we were talking about. How would you make that happen? So the Friday night before we always prepare this, we get together to think about how we're telling the story, what story we wanna tell and what the inquiry is. But so much shifted this week, right? By the time we got to last night, um, that idea of what balance looks like. So the three of us on the call, and I know many of you who are here today, we're feeling very much out of balance. And what we wanted to do today, and we're gonna to attempt to do is try to, uh, uh, try to bring to you through that, bring you through that conversation that we all had last night. And when I started to think about balance and relationship and what that looks like, I thought about something I've always told people um, about relationships. And I used to say people who think that a long-term relationship should be 50-50 probably haven't been in a long-term relationship, right? Because at any given moment, it may not be 50-50, it might be 70-30 or 80-20, but you hope that over a long haul, right? It may average out to that. And I was thinking of a story and I didn't tell the story last night, but it was what I was thinking about this morning when, um, and my husband's a filmmaker. And there was one point when my two boys were both toddlers and he was away working on a film project. And I was staying at my sister's and my sister didn't have children yet. And she had this beautiful home with beautiful furniture and beautiful rugs. And I had a friend come visit and she was also a friend who didn't have children. And she brought my two toddlers, this sand art kit. And my sons were having yogurt for breakfast and they dumped the yogurt on my sister's rug and then dumped the sand art in the, my sister's rug. And I got a phone call from my husband and he said, Liz, I'm hanging out with Duran Duran and Bon Jovi. And I was scrubbing sand art and yogurt from my sister's very expensive rug. And I wasn't feeling very much in balance for where we were in both that moment. Um, but there is a very beautiful balance. And as the conversation went on, we even started to question what balance would look like. What happens when you can't create balance? What happens when you can't find balance? And Yelena in conversation used a metaphor that I had never heard before. And it was so beautiful and so perfect that we decided to make that the core of the opening of our conversation. Uh, so Yelena, I, Yelena and I are gonna be going back and forth in the conversation in this telling of the story, which is not something we've done before. But when we come to the end, we'll, we'll give you uh, the inquiry we came up with so that we hope you guys can continue this conversation that we found very enriching. So Yelena, do you feel ready to share that part that you spoke of yesterday? Yeah, Liz, thank you. I love that story that you just shared. 
Um, and it reminds me that actually what we are doing in this, what just dawned to me, Liz, is what we are doing. And even in this conversation is actually um, kind of, you know, shifting the balance uh, between our own stories, between yours and mine. Um, and actually, this metaphor came out of conversation that I had with a few friends a few days ago. Um, some of them are on, on this call. And it, it really, you know, we were talking about balance and we we're talking, somebody was talking about, you know, it feels like this. It feels like the seesaw. And what felt to me is, in particular, since Thursday, it's that we are actually, we are so inter, inter, in, we are interbeings. We are interbeings. And we are seesawing with the whole world. And what is, where is really hard is when the world is so out of balance that we are so tipped off, that the world is so heavy. And we are so up that we don't know how to even, how to even, you know, balance it out. Um, and as an interbeings, right? It's it it feels so heavy because we feel. Like just as in this meditation that was guided, we feel that pain and suffering of others. So how do we, how do we as individuals practice peace? So that we can in some way support tipping of that seesaw. And that is, you know, it's it's hard because some some of the times we don't even have an awareness that we are seesawing with the world. So, yeah. So I think, you know, what what I what I have struggled in the past few days is to really find. You know, my motto is really peace begins with me. And how do I, how, what is, how do I practice that? Um, so yeah, Liz, I don't know if I can seesaw you right now um, and you can. Yeah, yeah. So what I took from that was when we got on our call, I have spent the last two days um, feeling really angry. And I'll open this conversation by saying that when I was young, anger was a very safe feeling to have in my home, right? I know that's not true of everyone's homes, but it was okay for us to be angry. Anger didn't lead to violence or anything in my home. So anger is a feeling for me, and for me, it can be useful. And I was feeling angry. And so I was walking and meditating and, and, and doing all those things to try to find sense of balance because I knew we were coming to this conversation and when I got to the phone call last night I realized I was still angry but I wanted to be angry in that moment I felt there was a lot going in the world that I should be angry about right and I know I won't stay in anger I what the way I've just 
described anger sometimes I work with people is for me, anger is like a fossil fuel. Uh, it's an energy, it can get you where you're going, but ultimately it's depleting and polluting. And so I think at some point you need to switch to cleaner energies. But, um, but I didn't, I wasn't ready to release it. And I said, but I was feeling at peace with it. And then the word we came to, which, you know, Yelena brought up so beautifully is maybe what we're seeking in this moment is, is not necessarily balance, but equanimity, right? That sense of equanimity. And I said, I was feeling a certain equanimity around the fact that I needed to be angry right now. Like I felt literally at peace with the fact that I needed to be angry. And so where we took the conversation was about that idea of equanimity. Sometimes we can find practices that bring us in balance. But when, when Yelena gave me that image of Seesong with the entire world, I thought, wow, we may not always be able to find balance. So how do we come to equanimity, right? A sense of peace around the fact that I'm out of balance right now. And I don't, you know, I know we wanted to give you guys maximum time in the rooms to have this conversation. And so, um, Yelena, I don't know if that's enough of an input for us to start to craft the inquiry. Do you, but we went from that idea of if you're seesawing where you don't necessarily control the bounce, right? If you're seesawing on the playground with, with someone who's your own size, you can find balance fairly regularly. And if you can't, you can use your own force, I guess, right? To create a balance. But when you're constantly seesawing with the whole world, that was an image that was just so powerful to me. So then we shifted the conversation from what, how can we achieve balance to how might we come to a sense of equanimity in a world that it, it feels beyond our control to balance maybe. Did you wanna add anything to that? Okay, so, so we, we I'm in, yeah, yeah, I'm an appreciation for Terry actually for putting, um, you know, definitions of balance and equanimity in the chat. Um, because you might want to read, you might want to read them for the. For oh, the I would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balance, balance is. Go ahead. Do you want me to okay. read Terry? Or? Go ahead. Go ahead, Yana. Yeah, a balance, a condition in which different elements are equal or in correct proportions. And equanimity is a mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in difficult situations. So it's how can we be at peace when we are not in balance? So, yeah, so that is, and we are, we decided that we were going to cut the story part a little shorter to give you guys more time in the room, because we feel this could be a really powerful conversation, and we're going to bring you back a little sooner than we do, so we can have a larger group sharing. And so that really is the inquiry. In a world where we can't always maybe control a sense of how balance is achieved, how it, and especially if any of you, and I know a lot of you do deep, deep work, right? If you particularly might wanna share practices or, um, or uh, suggestions or things you have come to that help you achieve that sense of peace and equanimity in, in, your, um, in your breakout room. So Terry is going to kind of explain how the breakout rooms work. And then we'll be sending you off for a little bit to go deep into conversation with uh, the people in your room and then we'll come back and have a larger conversation. Thank you, Terry.
Yeah, it sounds great. So I'm going to pause the recording for just a bit. Um, but but again, for the breakout rooms, our agreements are to speak from your heart, to listen with your heart, to say just enough so that others have time to share. And if you don't feel inspired to share, then give the gift of listening. And when we come back together, we do want to share conversations with all of you. And yet, if there was anything that was said in the breakout room that was truly personal and confidential, then share only the themes and the messages from that. Don't share the details because that will be in the podcast. So I'm going to pause the recording. Welcome back, everyone. I am hopeful that you had some rich conversations in the rooms. And I'm eager to hear what people have to share. So feel free to unmute yourself and let's hear what a few people have to say. Well, um, in my group, I really appreciated the sharing. Uh, my name is Juan and I, I appreciated the sharing. Uh, um, I, I shared with the group some of my practices that I, I use to try to create a sense of balance. And, and part of that would be uh, do a, like to do something physical, whatever, you know, my body, uh, it helps me to get out of my mind, you know, and then I have a better perspective when I come back to whatever it is that's been troubling me. And that gives me a sense of balance. Also, after I've done something physical, it gives me, I'm calm enough to do more meditation as well. So I usually do something physical, I have a meditation practice. But what I really appreciated was what the others shared in the group. And part of it was um, being okay with being out of balance or like grumpy and exploring that. Just let me explore where I am in this. Let me be the feeling of this and to be okay with wherever you are. And in that way, bring a sense of balance. So I really appreciate it and learning from that share from everyone in the group. Thank you, Juan. Thank you. Would someone else like to share? I'll piggyback off of what Juan just said. I learned from somebody one time that when you're grumpy, just tell everybody you're grumpy. And I want to be grumpy. And that way they know what's going on, right? And I love that. It's so like totally acceptance. I love that too. Ownership. It's like, I'm grumpy now. <laughs> I'm grumpy. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Who would else like to share? I want to piggyback on what Kathy just said, because I find myself constantly reminding people that there are good things to be optimistic about, mm. that there is this other side to the news, you know, that is, well, the revolution will not be televised. And I'm not talking about armed revolution. I'm talking about the revolution of the heart, mm. which is invisible. You can't even... Get it on camera. It's just not there. Um, and it's it's a real uphill push for that. But I'm still optimistic. Mm -hmm. it, it is happening. And I think through the fire of crisis, mm -hmm. 
eventually we'll get it. We'll get it. Thank you, David. I, I really appreciate your optimism always. You're such a light. Thank you. Who else would like to share? Sure, Rob, unmute yourself. I, I, I did. I'm, part of my problem is my last name, Lively. And so therefore, people just assume that I'm <laughs> going to be lively, that I'm always going to be positive, that I love to get involved in all kinds of organizations. And if you, if you faithfully respond to one or two emails, they automatically make you the president of these organizations. <laughs> <laughs> and and what I'm finding, I'm I'm retired, um, so things have kind of gotten a little more in balance. But what I'm finding here at this point in my life is that I'm, and this has been a lot, you know, I think probably for all of us, what's of distinguishing between what's urgent and what's important, and so often we focus on what's urgent and. And we kind of lose sight somewhat of what is important. And so that is what I am trying to do now and that I encourage other folks to do. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's that balance, that seesaw balance. Um, so often we think the urgency is, and in some cases it is, it is urgent, um, but is it important? That's, that's the question. And so that's what I'm, trying to live with, I'm trying to live with my name and uh, kind of, you know, say thank you very much, but I'm choosing to go in a, in a different direction. So that's. Wow. Thank you, Rob. Rob, I'm just gonna piggyback off that um, and I, as many of you know, my mom was an emergency room nurse, right? So she really trained me in the idea of triage. Um, so I had this idea in my head that you always need to go first to what's urgent. And, and your distinguishing right there about what's urgent is important is so something I need to, um, um, uh, I can't think of the right word, but incorporate or integrate right now. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kate, you're raising your hand. Did you want to share? You can. Well, you know, something Rob said, and then what Liz said, just I, I do. Uh, the gentleman that I will be gathering with that I spoke of that called the World Peace Academy, I put him in the chat. Donald Pat is his name. Anyway, he says we need to replace the word emergency because of all the red flags it sends off in our programming with the word urgency. And of course, what's urgent to us or what we triage is going to be what's on our windshield. And it's going to be probably different for everyone. Um, but I think uh, just having these conversations and discussing the different tactics that bring us into balance and the different ideas and just becoming uh, familiar with uh, people we haven't associated with prior, you know, prior learning to be in larger groups of people. It takes some, 
you know, there's a, a comfort level that has to be established over time. Like me, I pop into your group while I'm not very consistent. And uh, well, it's because I've got so many other things going. And, and so um, the question for me is, how is my energy best spent? I know I want to bring peace and love into the world. So what is it I do with my time that is best? the most lucrative with my time. And that's the ongoing question in that place, finding that balance. It's kind of that all that ongoing mix. But I would encourage if any of you are available, I put some information about this connection field. Um, I spoke briefly in our group. It was a, a group called the good of the whole that I was with. And we used to do a project, you know, for Earth Day every year. And then as COVID arose, we decided people probably would need an ear you know, this isolation thing. So the connection field came into being. And three years later, we're still doing things on there. So you can imagine the resonance and the relationships that have developed over time. And just like at the top of the next hour is the help hour, happiness, enough, love, and peace. This 80-some-year-old man says, you know, we want all these things, but our programming roots run deep. And so Einstein would say we need to change our way of thinking. And to that end, that's why we have these genie seminars, he calls them, where we bring our genius together. And so just using this collective intelligence, I know I have faith in our species. I'll put it that way. I thank you for listening and I'll pass the talking feathers to talk way. Well, thank you, Kate. Yeah, it's good information. Connectionfielddigest.org is what you posted, so thank you. Dave, did you wanna say something? Yeah, I, I can't help but notice uh, what was arising as people were sharing just now. And um, it, it makes me come back to what Yelena was saying earlier around uh, interconnectivity uh, or interbeing, I think might be the word that she used. And I think what's amazing, like with this question uh, is that it's like, we have these choice points always. And, and I really don't think it matters how old we are because we can, you know, feel we've, you know, have a good grip on ourselves and then life throws some weird ass thing and it <laughs> completely knocks us off our access. And, mm. you know, we can slide into conditioning from years ago that, you know, we forgot might even be there. Mm. But what I think is amazing, when we do find that point of, of you know, a allowing this difficulty to be there and we come at it responding from an empowered place, even to a deep suffering. I know the gift to me is that the true interchange, it's like there's this feeling in the self of, uh, it's like, wow, you know, this is really difficult, but I can handle that. Like there's a strength mm -hmm. internally and that the gift of that is when we, are able to bring that out into the world, uh, you know, it truly does make a difference. You know, I, I don't think it's like a Pollyanna-ish or Hallmark thing to kind of say that it starts within. Because when people see someone be able to respond to like deep levels of suffering, 
in a way where there's uh, it's we're in balance with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it, it I, I believe it truly does give hope um, to others to do the same. And I think what we are most in need of when deep suffering hits is exactly that's hope. Mm-hmm. And so I, I that that interchange is very beautiful. I think there's a direct impact that when we do that work on ourselves, it really it people see that it it does make an impact. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Anyone else like to share? I see Melody. Can you unmute yourself? Yeah. Um, So for me, um, my feet, my emotions were so overwhelming and I, balance or equanimity was not occurring. But then yesterday, I turned the corner. Uh, You know, I mean, I have a lot of tools of breathing and meditation and my sound healing bowls and all of that. But um, one thing I did was write a poem of what my dream for peace is. And that really helped me stay in the present and stay with my vision. And um, and then I looked around my room, one of my rooms, and I saw my cello sitting in the corner and I hadn't picked it up in about 40 years. Uh, I got it fixed up because it's very sentimental to me, but I just hadn't played it. I've been doing other things and um, I picked it up. I was just led to pick it up and sit down and close my eyes and just allow um myself to play from inside out organically and close my eyes and think of ukraine and and just send these beautiful vibrations in this prayer um and it just went on and on it was just beautiful i was not even aware of myself playing was kind of just playing me and um by the time it was done i did feel that feeling of equanimity and and balance how fleeting it was, but it, you know, those two tools just really helped me tremendously. And um, so that's what I wanted to share as far as what I went to. Thank you, Melody. That's beautiful. I love, I love that you picked up the cello after 40 years. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> String instruments are not easy. So that, that that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you. Well, we're really at time. I'm going to put some links in the chat um, for various things involved in the, with the Peace Alliance. The Peace Alliance, the website itself is peacealliance.org. And our mission is to empower civic action for a culture of peace. Podcasts, Peace On, are available through the website. Also, there's something about the Hope Story Circles if you want to share with your personal network of friends or colleagues. The Blueprint for Peace, it's a major initiative that you can, with one click, let your elected officials know, both federally, state level, local level, that you support policies related to the policy of policies of nonviolence and violence reduction and peace building. Also about our key piece of legislation, HR 1111 for the Department of Peace Building, there's a link for that. We are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size, especially our monthly peace partners that keep us up with sustainable income. 
And there's a link to our calendar of events. There's a lot of things we have going on every month. I will mention that in April, we have some really wonderful, important calls coming up with some wonderful, important speakers. Marianne Williamson will be joining us on Tuesday, April 12th, Doc Maver and Hart Phoenix on Tuesday, April 19th, and Dennis Kucinich on Wednesday, April 20th. So all of those are on the calendar on the Peace Alliance. So you can see how to join us for those calls. And in March, we have calls too. We have wonderful things coming in March, but I just wanted to mention those special speakers coming up in April. So you can mark your calendars and let your let your friends know as well. Um, I'm going to hand it back, Elena and Liz, to the two of you to share any final thoughts before we close today. This has been a wonderful, rich call, and I'm so grateful to all of you for being with us. Yelena, did you have something you wanted to add in this moment? I'm in a very tender place, actually. Um, so it feels, yeah, very, very tender to be in presence with all of you and to to hear you. And um, I feel like I'm interbeing right now with you all, and 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 that is bringing me sense of um, equanimity um, and peace. Um, so thank you. And Melody, you might have inspired me to pick a violin that I have not played since age of 10. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, Yana. I'm going to close uh, with two stories. And one was inspired by Dave, what David said, and one was inspired, Melody, by what you said. And um, I was a middle school teacher for many years. And when I would teach sixth grade and when I would teach world cultures, I helped them outline stuff. And at the end, as we were assimilating everything, I would help them create charts where what was the geography, economy, society. And I don't know what inspired to me, but I always had them do a last column when they were. And what did this um, society right create? And what did they destroy, right? Whether we were talking about Rome, Greece, what, what did they create? What did they destroy? And, and when you said that, Melanie, all I was thinking about, I've been having this conversation a lot, that sometimes when I, I think that you mentioned writing a poem and playing the cello, those are both acts of creation, acts of art creation, right? And that beautiful engaging of the creative spirit. And sometimes I think that just meeting destruction with a counterbalancing force of creation, it sometimes doesn't even matter to me what you're creating. That idea of creating, I think, brings this balance in the world. So I'm so grateful to that. And Yelena, I look forward to you picking that up. But I wanted to share one other story because I name checked my mom. And um, I, there's a story that came up while we were in the big room that because David of what you said about optimism, I wanna share as the closing. My dad was a college professor, many of you know that, and a civil rights activist. And when we were little, we watched sports. He, he taught every sport, except golf. We watched every sport. We watched boxing, we watched baseball, we watched golf, we watched, no, not tennis. And what I realized when I got older was that my father was teaching us about society through sports, right? Arthur Ashe was the first African-American man who, who won match. Um, Billie Jean King fought for women's rights. Muhammad Ali, um, who was this real um, fighter in so many aspects. But when I was very young, I decided tennis was my sport because it was the only sport at that time 
were on a daily basis. The women were on the same sports page as the men. <laughs> they were prominent. Billie Jean King was as important as Jimmy Connors. And I liked that. And so I still followed, it's my sport. And yesterday I saw two things that happened in the news that I shared with Yellen and Terry. Um, there are two tennis players who are both in the top seven. This week, the number one tennis player in the world is going to become a, a Russian man named Daniel Medvedev. He's gonna take over for Djokovic. And another guy named Andrei Rublev, who you may never have heard of, is the number seven player in the world. And there are two different tournaments going on now. One is in Mexico, one's in Dubai. So I'm thinking even of the spread of how far that is. And Andre Rublev won his match in Dubai yesterday. And a lot of times the funny thing they do is when they come finish a match, they go to the lens of the camera that's been filming them. I see you nodding, Jen, right? And they sign their name. And what he did in that moment was he wrote, no war, please. And that really touched my heart that this very prominent Russian athlete wrote no war, please. And Daniel Medvedev, who's playing in Acapulco this week, afterwards he was asked obviously about what's in the news. And he said, I travel to every country in the world. And he said, and all I want in this moment is peace. But I hadn't seen the visual till last night. And his wife who was sitting um, in the crowd was wearing a, a shirt that was the color of the Ukrainian flag. Now, I don't know his wife's background or her story or anything about that, but I thought it was so powerful that these two very prominent people um, who are playing on the stage when they had a chance spoke of peace. Mm -hmm. And so, David, that really lifted me in my sense of optimism because those cultural touchstones are so important. So thanks to David and those things that warmed my heart. Um, as we go off until our next, <laughs> sign off until our next call in two weeks, Maybe that's something we could think about. I think that's going to be part of my practice is to look for the stories that are bringing me optimism. A couple of people mentioned, right? In the next couple of weeks, what are the stories that in the darkness, which is very dark, where are we seeing the signs of hope? I'm really thankful to you guys. I'm thankful that you guys brought your hearts and, and, um, and your wholeness to interconnect with this story that I think uh, felt really important. I always thank you, Terry, for holding the space and your beautiful heart and Yelena for your tenderness yeah, in holding this conversation. And thank you all for being here. Thank you too, Liz. Feel free to come off mute everyone and say goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. I hope this is everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.